Captain Norm gets a high water level alarm. All hands on deck. The city of Fort Lauderdale closes down waterways due to fecal bacteria levels that are out of this world. Acting like a damn fool on your pontoon charter. And a different kind of trash throwing blows on the sandbar this weekend. All this week on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. What do you mean fun on the big boat? Oh, was, we were getting ready to dock, you know, going into the channel there at Venetian Marina. Right. I get a high water alarm, which on a 100-footer, is that's not a good thing. <laughs> Dude, high water alarm anywhere isn't a good thing, no. but on a 100-footer. Yeah, with 40 people on board. Nice. And uh, nine crew. Like deadliest so, catch stuff going on. Like, you know. So, uh... So I I told the I told the mates when I said that guys we got a high water alarm and we're just getting ready to dock and <clears throat> I looked down and the uh, starboard side uh, temperature gauge was rising rapidly so I figured I blew a blew a hose but blew you, the raw water you pump. know blew the, the pump or the hose or something along those lines and uh, but you never know what it is. And so one of the mates ran down there and just stuck his head down in there. He said, hey, Cap, he says, the bilge is full of water. And he didn't see anything else. I said, son of a bitch. Get the boat tied up. <laughs> you know, and I'm now I'm starting to think, you know, get the customers off as quickly as possible. Um, but, what, were you at the dock? Or? No, we were, we were underway. So you had um, to get back to the dock. But, but we, were, we were at the end of the trip. Gotcha. So we were coming in the channel. And uh, as soon as we got the last line on there, I ran down there and I could see what it was. Fortunately, it was just a hose that blew, you know, because with my experience offshore in the Gulf, when something like that happens, it's, you know, it can be, I've seen seacocks crack. And man, when that happens, it's like right total fire drill. There's yeah, almost no way to exactly. stop the flow. Exactly. I, and that's, that's what went through my mind tell you a funny story same shit happened except we were total newbies this is like 1974 right outside situate harbor mm-hmm. and we're hauling ass actually from cape ann across on it to situate harbor and we get just about where we can see land and the boat's starting to slow down and it's bogging down and my dad and i are up on the bridge my brother's up there with us and my dad's like, okay, he slows down the boat and he goes down to look onto the hatch. And that was a 33-foot Concord, so you could actually see the engines from the cockpit hatches. Mm-hmm. So he pulled up the hatch and he had 454s in there. And sure enough, the raw water hose blew and we basically sank ourselves. Yeah. Pumped, pumped the boat full of water. Yeah. Called, uh, well, as he went down there, the hatches floated off. <laughs> the stern damn near went under. Yeah, yeah. We called yeah. the Coast Guard. Yeah. My me and my brother were in life jackets on the bridge when the Coast Guard pulls yeah, up yeah. with this giant pump, yeah, pumps yeah. it out, we stay afloat, yeah. and then they tow us in. That was back when the lifeguard would tow you. That's, that's when the Coast Guard would, would actually come out and, and right. respond. Now and, they don't. And they saved our ass. 
Yeah. And we were we were new into boating. I mean, I was just a fucking that's like first grade or something. But I can remember it vividly. You know, I put we put on the life jackets, and then to find out that we sunk ourselves. Right. Because we're pumping the raw water into uh, the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that's how you learn. It is how you learn. That's exactly how you step learn. Step by step, yeah. inch by inch. Yeah. And then you learn what to do when you got 100 passengers on board. Right, exactly. Anyway, that's like deadliest catch shit going on yeah, right there. Yeah, pretty much. I had a couple questions for you, Norm. Uh-oh. How does it feel to have your canal closed down due to fecal bacteria matter? Uh, you know, I got to tell you something. It's, it's absolutely... You know, when I, when I moved there... I thought, man, I got it. I got it made. I got my apartment right there. I got my boat behind the apartment. Yeah, paint the you know? paint the paint and the pretty picture. The the real pretty picture. Like, okay, why you're there? Goes back to nineteen. Goes back to nineteen eighty eight. Okay, Ocean World. Uh, Ocean World was there. None of that stuff was there. Sundance Marina was there. A Southport was there, but that was. And then there were you know the condos on Fifteenth Street, and that was it. That was it. That was all that there was there. Okay, right. the flamingo. Drift boat was behind Ocean World, if you remember that. I do. Okay. Uh, and I remember running water taxis. I was just fresh out of college. And I'm running water taxis up and down this canal. And I see Ellis Hodgkins. You remember old Ellis Hodgkins started Cape Ann Towing? Is that who Courtney oh. bought it from? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Well, Ellis, uh, Ellis actually lived in the same building. I'm running... <clears throat> And I'm running, uh, I'm running water taxis down the down the what we we used to call it the swamp back then, uh, so it hasn't really changed that much in all these years. <laughs> it's actually only gotten worse uh, because for all those years that we were running back there, it, you know the 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 trash and the you, you know and all the stuff in the water was just it was still there, okay, but not like it is today it's a, it was different it was people in their boats throwing stuff you know in the well, water but having said that i remember seeing ellis hodgkins and he had all his cape ann towboats lined up behind the mahalo apartments where i live okay and i'd see him and he'd be sitting on that back patio um having a smoke and i think to myself man this guy's got his shit together okay i mean he's got his he's got his act together i mean all he has to do is jump on his boat and go to work. Right. That was cool. Okay. And, you know. Let me let me paint the picture a little bit for the audience. Okay. So Norm lives on what we call the 15th Street Canal. Right. It is the first in canal coming from the intercoastal waterway on the west side of the intercoastal. Right. And <clears throat> Southport Robar is on that canal. 15th Street Fisheries is on that canal. The, the 15th Street boat ramp is on that canal. Mm -hmm. And these are staples. And if you could live or have an apartment anywhere in South Florida, and you're like Norm, where you work on the water and you have a boat, that's where you want to be. Right. He's got the apartment. He walks out of his door. He smokes a cigar on his porch. He's looking at the 1978 Ricky Scarborough. Right. And he's... He's living, he's living the life of a real captain, and then the sewage line breaks. Oh, dude. And the fecal bacteria goes into the it, canal. It goes into the canal. And they have to close down the canal where you're not even allowed to touch the water because it's so poisonous. Yeah. And, I mean, there's guys, there's guys there that sell bait. There's charter boat captains that have bait pens. But, oh. but how does it feel for you? Like, did somebody... 
it's like, maddening. Like it's absolute it's absolutely infuriating. The sewage spills and this is we've had two or three of those in the in in the canal here in the last year or so. Um, we've had uh, and and lately for whatever the reason, um, we've had power transformers blowing like crazy, and you know what a loud bang those things make when they go. Okay. And so I don't know what is going on with our infrastructure in Fort Lauderdale, but I got to tell you something. I think our leaders of this city have completely abdicated. I think the only thing that they're focused on is development, and they don't care about the consequences. They could care less. And you know something? They might be on to something, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because it seems as though the residents of Fort Lauderdale care just about as much about the stuff that's going on. I mean, I would have thought that when the real Vista sewage spill happened, I would have thought that those residents, who are some of the most affluential residents in the state, in the state, would have just had that mayor's, you know, hung him up by his Buster Browns. The commissioner of okay. the FWC lives in that neighborhood. Oh, all right. And I mean, they had they had turds floating past their. Uh, their front doors. Right. I mean, that's how that's how bad it was. All right. So let me. So so right. And no and no well, crazy outrage. And that was my next question to you. Yeah. Living on that canal. Yeah. Feeling like you just got punched in the gut because your canal is closed because of sewage. Mm-hmm. How many of your neighbors freaking freaked out? Uh, not many. None. Almost not many. none. Right. Yeah. Not many. Not yeah. many at all. That's that. it, because we've been dumbed down to it. No, but that, we're numb to it. See, that's the real news. Yeah, and that's the real problem. That's why we don't get any better. Well, that's why because we don't demand it, right? And that's that's what makes stuff. And it's a shame, but it does. Yeah, you got to say it like it is. Things like the Bonefish Tarquin Trust, which I'm a big supporter of, and yeah. give money to. Sure. CCA supporter of, give money to. Mm-hmm. Captains for Clean Waters, give money. You know all that kind of stuff. You're really kind of pissing in the wind oh yeah nothing absolutely. nothing is going to happen no but let's plant some let's let, let's plant some uh, some oysters right well forget all that Jesus. kind of stuff my point is no matter what these foundations do how good or how bad it may be if people don't give a shit which they obviously don't Norm, they don't people- i see it in every damn near every facet of our marine life I'm not just talking about the sewage. I'm just, I'm not even just talking about, uh, you know, those spills, uh, the overdevelopment. I'm talking about the culture of people down here who don't give a damn about a marine environment. None. Okay. This, I mean, and it's, and it's, and, and I hate, I hate to be such a downer on Memorial Day weekend because there's people that are out there. They're enjoying their boats, although not as many as you might think, but that's a different story. Um, and, you know, they want to have a good time on the water. And there's so many people who just, I, 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 it's a catchphrase of mine, for me is okay. They don't care about anything except themselves. Yes. And they're completely self-absorbed. Yes. And it's a cultural thing that has bled off into our marine environment. And you see it in, in the way people conduct themselves when they're on the water. You see that from the people that live on the water. You see it from the people who are supposedly uh, supposed to be taking care of our water quality issues. It's just not there. 
right. it's it's absent to your point the fucking pontoon boats what'd you say there was a 60 footer that went by the other day dude when did we become the trailer park trash charter boat capital of the world fort lauderdale used to be known as the yachting capital of the world right if i were somebody from out of town and i never saw the intercoastal waterway in fort lauderdale right okay it would be the most mind-blowing experience because on the one hand you got all these super yachts that are docked at the marinas and behind these spectacularly large and gaudy mansions <clears throat> but everybody that's out on the water it's like every other boat is a tune not only is it a pontoon boat it's full of a bunch of drunks yeah playing music so frigging loud that you hate to have them go by you and mm -hmm. to, to my point is how do you get that crowd on the pontoon boats it's cheap no, but how do you get that crowd on the pontoon boats that act that way? As you're going by people's homes and yeah. neighborhoods yeah. who have the fanciest pools, backyards, mm -hmm. grills, all the stuff that you'd want to do to entertain yourself. None of them are acting fool like that. No. But you put them on that pontoon boat. Yeah. And they act damn fool. Yeah. And they got a full bar on the pontoon boat. Sure. So I'm worried about <clears throat> the Coast Guard pulling me over. And maybe my flares are out of date. Or maybe I don't have the correct writing on my life jacket. Or all these safety issues. As these pontoon boats are going by with not 10, not 20, 30, 40 drunks. Yeah. yeah because drunks. It's, because it's legal. With music so loud that if somebody fell in the water or somebody got hurt, nobody would know You'd it know anyway. Nobody would know it. In the meantime, I'm worried about my friggin' date on my flare because the FWC and the Coast Guard are gonna bust my balls yeah. later. Did you see that? Did you see that little uh, skirmish that happened on the on the sandbar? No, I did. Last not. weekend, a skirmish. Uh, yeah, a guy. Some some guys were uh, throwing blows. Yeah, no, this guy was beating the hell out of his girlfriend on the boat. Oh my gosh. At the at the sandbar. Okay, and uh, <laughs> yeah, at the sandbar, and another Samaritan. Jumped in and I guess he pulled the girl off the boat and put her on his boat. The guy who was beating the hell out of his girlfriend proceeded to lose his mind. He was in some sort of a blow-up boat. I call them blow-up boats. Rib, you know, rigid inflatable bottoms. And uh, they started doing circles, dangerous circles, around the other boat. And there's people in the water. They're they're at the sandbar, and they called the Marine PD units, and nobody showed. This was on a weekend. There were no Marine PD units. As far as I am concerned, right. no, they should defund. And I'm not I'm not one of those radicals, but I think they ought to shut down the Fort Lauderdale Marine PD units. They're useless. Dude, they're all useless. Do you know how many badges and guns I went by on my last two trips here in Fort Lauderdale? Mm. Coast Guard, Homeland Security, Sheriff, Fort Lauderdale Police Department, FWC, Fire Departments, yep. um, Homeland Security. Did I say that yeah. already? Customs and Immigration. Yep. 
And in the meantime, it's complete lawlessness on the water. Yeah. All those guys are out there. Why? Because they're not. Why? What, what are they there for? It's government. They're there to get a check. And then after they get their checks for 20 years, they get a pension. <clears throat> no matter how many people they stop. No matter how many lives they save. What's up with the fucking Coast Guard? We haven't changed the rules in Port Everglades in 30 years. No. 130, 150, 180 footers are coming in the port at 18 knots. Yeah. And the Coast Guard station is right there. They see the danger. You think that somebody would, but they don't have to. They don't care. They're there to get a check and then say, oh, I served my time. Or to bust jet skis. Ah, oh, dude. The jet ski, that's another whole thing. How in the world can they let 20, 30 jet skis in the middle of the port doing donuts and stuff? You know, I, I mean... The, the, all those badges are watching it. The port, the port is actually... My concern is the river, my canal. My canal, right now, my canal that I live on is the most utilized, heavily utilized canal in all of Fort Lauderdale. No, I, I mean you got you got these guys in these midnight expresses, and they're they just got the boat launched in that new giant oh dry stack uh, dry stack at the end of the canal that they that really doesn't fit there to begin with. It's, no, it's beautiful. Okay. That ar- architecture is phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice big. Just one step above a cardboard box. Blick. Yeah, uh, just just a total brick right oh, there. That's so bad. So. Uh, you know, these guys with their stereo. Forget about that. I mean, my, my point about the but port. But it's the same thing. But my point about the port is all those badges and guns are in there at the same time yeah. watching it. Yeah. And it's one that's another thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's lawless everywhere. Yeah. And then speaking of nobody showing up, how does that work? It'll be crazy busy out there and complete lawlessness. And then the sun starts to go down, and everybody goes home, and then here comes all the badges and gun guys. And they're hanging out at the boat ramp, and they're hanging out at the friggin' marinas, and they're there. And you're like, got your head on a swivel, because God forbid, one of your lights might be out or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ah, just the yeah. whole thing. All those departments are fake. Nobody cares. Nobody gets rewarded for doing anything good. I think they're getting, I think they're getting Uber Eats delivering donuts to that location i don't think that i think that's what's happening well i know down in north miami coast guard loves duffy's the coast guard loves duffy's the coast guard boat they take because it's the only real restaurant that's on the water all the rest of them are douchebaggeries all i'm saying is is i go by duffy's and there they are coast guard hanging out (laughs) they're duffy's they probably get five dollar burgers there they get five dollar burgers for appreciation of what uh, you know, of keeping all the jet skis under control. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Every single day. So anyway. I don't know what's with the tunes, to answer your question. The the tunes are everywhere. They're everywhere. And, you know, the, the, the sad part about it is the reason why there's so many is because, number one, they're cheap. And so if somebody wants to get into the business, into the charter boat business, wow, let's get a pontoon boat because... That's the most stable boat there is. Not. What? You know, pontoon boats don't have riding characteristics. Pontoon boats? Okay. Are f- They're dangerous. Well, there's And a, they don't realize it. There's a place for pontoon boats. Yeah, on a lake. Right. On a lake in Georgia. Yeah. When a mom and the kids are out there doing their hydrosliding or having their picnic yeah. and that kind of stuff. But this freaking nightclub 
mentality. That's and, what it is. And getting drunk. Not, not having a few drinks, not having a good time, not listening to music. Getting shitty drunk. Shitty drunk. And then yeah. going by you while you're fishing and hopping up and down. <clears throat> yeah. All right? What the hell are these people thinking when they're on that pontoon boat? They're not thinking. No, hey, I'm on a boat. I'm talking hey. about when they pay. All right, so the guy, all right, we're going to have a, we're going to have a, a we're going to go out in the water and we're going to have a good time. Yeah. If I was to pay for that. I would never want what I see. Right, because it's 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 just it's a shit show. It's a shit show. It's a there shit you show. Go. You know what though? That's gonna it, be the name of the episode. <laughs> it's, it's a, a shit, shit show. show. Between the city, <laughs> between the pontoon boats, between all the body badges and gudges, it's a shit it's show. It's a shit show. Uh, everything just comes to us now. <sighs> Speaking of, did you hear my last podcast about being a pro athlete and a guide? I did. There's a lot of parallels there. I was going to ask. There's, my, there's a lot of parallels. What do you think about that? Did I, that did that stimulate your mind in any way? You know, I, I'll tell you what. You know what stimulated my mind about that is was that at least in every pro sport, there's something to reach for. Right. Okay. Well, it's and it's always a championship, whether it's Wimbledon or the Super Bowl or the World Series or you know the Masters, whatever it is. Okay, but there's always there's always something to reach for. But as fishermen, we're always reaching for the we're, no, we're we're never we never get there. There is no ring. Okay, yeah, you could talk about tournaments, but tournaments. That's a different. That's thing. a different animal. I'm gonna have some people. That's on. a team. I'm sport. gonna have some guests yeah. on that are are tournament fishermen. Yeah, Mitchell. Yeah. Um, Leo, some of the guys that like really did tournaments for a long time, and I have them explain the difference between um, fishing guides, fishing captains, and fishing tournaments. Yes. because all of them are there pros. Is a, they're, they're all pros and but completely different games. But the mon- the mon- the mentality is very different. the The mentality is very different. You take a charter boat captain; he can either be a charter boat captain or he can be a tournament angler, and they're. And everything that they do will be completely different. Right. And I've seen guys. Uh, one guy that comes to to mind is is uh, is is Bud Randall. Bud Randall was a uh, was he did really well in the SKA. I remember Bud. And yeah, and uh, Bud. If you talk to Bud about charter fishing, and if you talk to him about tournament angling, tournament, you know. Uh, participating in tournaments yeah nothing there's nothing that there's almost no parallels whatsoever yeah you float yeah that's about it yeah no it's true and it's amazing how good these guys can turn the switch on and off yes like skip dana and those guys down in pompano oh yeah you know i mean you know one day they're got the guys from minnesota on the boat and they're catching amber jacks and whatever they got to do to keep bonitas and keep them happy right exactly the very next weekend competing at the highest level and winning and they catch five or six sales in a day in the same spot right just winning you know what is that how does that yeah and and you know something that's the that's the difference and 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 where you see it the most is in miami well okay because you see all these guys going out you know fishing in miami and they don't come back with riggers full of laundry you never see that right okay come tournament time you do right 
Well, you know, you the, the, it's a different mindset. It's a different goal. It's a different objective. It's a different way to fish, too, in a lot of cases. But the parallel and the common thing is practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. 100%. And I went over that in the podcast, and that's what I think more people that really, that that related to more people than any other thing that I put on. That and then the five bullet points at the end. Because pro athletes and fishermen at the end of a day's work really don't smell that good. No. <laughs> I just, I had a trip this afternoon, uh, this morning, and I mean, I got done and I smelled like the inside of a tuna fisherman's boat. So between the way you smell most of the time and then all pro athletes, including fishermen, are socially awkward. Oh, yeah. Meaning Friday afternoon, these guys are going out friggin', you know, for happy hour and that kind of thing. We're either Not work, us. We're either working or getting prepared for work. Yep. And we're in bed by 8 o'clock. Well, you guys are in bed by 8 o'clock. I'm, like, out by 8 o'clock. Well, yeah, but you're you're out by but, 8 o'clock. It's, it's, it's socially awkward. It, but it's socially awkward. And it's just, like, the good thing about it being socially awkward is that when you can, can do things... Like, all right, so me and the wife are going out tonight. Yeah. Big anniversary dinner. How many years? Married 19. Jesus. Been together 35 years. Wow. A little longer, 37 years. Wow. Yep. So anyway, where was I going Congratulations. Thank you. By the way. Thank you very much. Because there's a lot of work went into that. Because she should get a medal or something. She should get more than a medal. (laughs) She should definitely get more than a medal. Being socially awkward, when you do get a chance to go out to dinner or whatever, you appreciate it a little bit more. It's, yeah. a, it's a little bit bigger deal for you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So birthday last week, the kid wanted to do top golf. Uh-uh. So we did top golf. Yeah. I'd give top golf an eight on eight to ten scale. Ten or no. You just go there. Shit about golf. Right. And that's the point. I don't know <laughs> anything about golf. Don't know how to keep score. Nothing. It's kind of like bowling and golf. <laughs> and tennis. They're bringing you wings and drinks. And other yeah. I, and I, I didn't mean to throw that in your face, Mr. I don't drink anymore. But yeah, I don't care. I'm just saying that uh, that was pretty good. So we did top golf, which is like the new thing. And then after top golf, we went to Jackson's Ice Cream. Traditional. Very nice. I can remember my mom taking me there when I was 15. Yeah. You know? So. I've never been there. You've never been to Jackson's? No, never been there. I was always a Swenson's guy. I, I used to go to Swenson's all the time. You know, there's a Swenson's in Miami. There's still a Swenson's in South Florida. Did not know that. Yep. Yep. And it's just as good as it ever was. I went there like three years ago. It's the last time I was there. But yeah. Um. So anyway, there top, is one thing. Golf. There is one thing, though. What that that I uh, that struck me about the last podcast, uh, and that is is that there are parallels um, that you didn't mention. Most notably, there are lots of pro athletes that can be very good fishermen because the qualities of athleticism that's required to be a good athlete is also required to be a good fisherman in many respects most notably in fly fishing okay okay um i have noticed that some of the best golfers are also excellent fly fishermen because it's a hand-eye coordination thing yeah okay um look at look at ted ted williams right um he was he was one of the greatest 
baseball players to ever play the game. Right. And he was a phenomenal fisherman. He was a, a fantastic fly caster. Um, but, I mean, he could do it all. And there's lots of those little parallels between pro athletes and fishing. Right. No, it's, you know, it's that athletic mindset, you know, then practice, routine. Yep. Look fo- at Andy Mill. Focus, Andy Mill's a perfect example. Focus. Well, you know, and the fly fishing dudes you're talking about, they also have the budget. You know what I mean? I can't believe how expensive fly fishing is anymore. Dude, I charge more for fly fishing than I do for bait fishing. You which should. Is, which is totally ridiculous. You it's should. It's twice as much work to bait fish. Yeah, but you know what? I, it, it, first of all, I can't even understand how expensive some of these boats are now anymore. Oh, dude. Dude, I was thinking about taking one of those uh, dry tortugas trips. So I call up a buddy of mine who fishes with, I'm not going to say his name, but he fishes with one of the uh, one of the more notable guides out of Key West. Right. And he told me that this guy who runs like, you know, one of these super fo- you know fast uh, center console boats for a half day, a half day, that's, you know, four or five hours, okay? He charges $1,850 for a half day plus a $1,000 for a fuel charge. It's insane. And this is in Key West for a half-day trip. I would rather take up knitting. <laughs> What's the point? Dude, if you got the dough. And he's got and he's got people lined up. That's what kicks my ass. The people that are going to the Keys now, not all the people, but especially Key West and some of these more high-end places, they don't have a lot of money. They are loaded. Loaded. Loaded, Norm. Yeah. You have to be in order to go to the Keys anymore. Well, so that's... And, and if I'm that guy, I'm going to charge the money too. But he has to. It's not It's not a matter of whether or not he's taking advantage of the clientele that's there. No, I get it's it. It's so got, expensive to live fi- there no, that having, he has to. All right, $50 lunches. $50 for one person. Yeah, $50 lunches. But, I mean, the, the, the price of... Uh, the cost of housing, insurance... Everything. Fuel is, of course, off the chain. Which, which, by the way, is I went by the ramp today, and it was not by any means full on Memorial Day weekend. No, your average, your average driveway T-topper is feeling it. I think the T-toppers are taking it in in the ass. Dude, they yeah. are feeling it big and, time, and everybody else is feeling it too. Big time. We'll see. I mean, we've had slowdowns before in the economy. This is different. It's different, but. I was going to get back to the to the guiding business, charter business. The, the, that's not the end for us. Those people that used to spend, I don't know, whatever, a couple grand a month on their fancy boat. Yeah. Then now they're going to spend friggin' the 600 bucks with me for one night a month. And that boat's going to sit on the lift. I sure hope you're right about that. No, but I've I, been through it before. Yeah. This is 20 years full time. I've been through it twice now. Yeah. And I, I got I scared, to, I got I scared right. to death the last time, because the last few times, because I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, I can't not, you know, put it, put go to work. Yeah. But it, it worked the other way. Now, there's a lot of dudes that probably went with their family last year with stimulus money and everybody yeah, feeling right. good that yeah. don't do the trip. But the guy that's, not doing the run over to West End trip with his buddies. 
He hires me for he a night. Thinks of, well, that's what I was thinking about, okay? Because I was thinking about maybe taking my boat over to Bimini uh, or, hell, even running down to the Keys, which that's actually a longer ride than running to Bimini. And, uh, you know, as these, as these fuel prices are continue to skyrocket, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe I need to just stop and reevaluate how I spend my money. And this is something that's fairly new to me because I've always sort of been in a pattern of doing what I want in the way I want it because I've been able to, which I, you know, knock wood, I've been fortunate, but now I have to stop and think about, wait a minute, hold on. I'm going to spend, you know, almost 300 bucks a night for a hotel room. Uh, I'm going to spend, I'm going to probably burn three tanks of fuel uh, going and coming and, 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 you know, doing the loop, doing the loop, doing all that. And I just started thinking to myself, you know, I mean, this is going to be a pretty damned expensive run if I do this. So, you know, don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink it. One of the things about Fort Lauderdale in Miami, I'm not going to say we're recession proof. But the money's always flowing here. It really is. We have such a diverse crowd of people that come here for we're all different lucky, reasons. We're lucky in that respect uh, because the people that do come here are, as you say, loaded. Right. Uh, that wasn't always the case. Speaking of diversity, I wanted to, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think one of the keys to your career as a captain is diversity. You know, you're a hundred percent right. And I think a lot of captains would really like to be in that, in those shoes where they have some diversity rather than be one dimensional. Uh, You know, it didn't, it wasn't by design. Right. Uh, After, uh, after hurricane Irma wrecked everything in the keys, uh, I decided not to try and stay and rebuild and do that kind of thing because I was living hand to mouth at the time and I realized that there was just no way that I was going to, I didn't have that nest egg. I wasn't going to be able to hang in there with some of these other guys that had been there, you know, 20, 30, the lifetime, you know? Uh, so, uh, I, I brought the boat back to, uh, I brought the boat back to Fort Lauderdale. I had it up in Boynton and then Gary Krebs, who we had on the podcast there uh, a month or so ago, um, Gary got me into this port job business, okay, where we shuttle uh, captains and crews uh, to, to and from the yachts that are getting shipped overseas. And that became a pretty good little business for me. And it's actually, I, I just took on another client. Uh, so I now have three clients in Port Everglades, in addition to the guys in Miami. And that, I just, that basically got dropped right in my lap and those are all dinner cruise type boats it's, right it's all any reason that you would have to have a party <laughs> on a boat uh whether it's a, a a birthday party a corporate event a wedding uh, you know anything just a bunch of people getting together right um uh, you know so family reunions anything like that and you know we 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 i've got an 80 foot hatteras and 100 foot dinner cruiser down there and I get a call one day from uh, another uh, 
captain friend of mine said this guy is desperate for a captain in miami and that was almost five years ago and now i do about 70 percent of their charters 70 80 percent of their yeah, about 70 percent of their charters so it's three, down there so basically three good farms of income with your captain's license well, three there's there's three there's three good forms of income. The fishing has actually been a drag on me in the last year. And the reason why is because every time I book a trip in advance, something else comes up either in Port Everglades or in Miami right. and you can't tell a a, a thirty or forty thousand dollar a year client no. Right. You have to know where your bread is buttered. Sure. Okay. So I've been trying to kind of sneak charters in here and here and there, and it's not—it's re- really not working out for me. Uh, so I've I've kind of backed off on doing a lot of charter trips and the charter fishing trips now. Well, pick and cho- pick and choose. I really I really have to have a just a little bit of planning in advance. I'm almost believe it or not, I'm almost to the point. Where if I wanted to, I could get yet another boat that I would use only for fishing, uh, fishing, or I'd use the finest kind for fishing and get another boat for the port work. And that's how the snowball builds. I got you. I okay, got you. until it crashes on top of you five years down the line, you can't afford either boat. <laughs> you know. But that's that's how you also build a business, and I'm almost to that point right now and i've kind of been looking at possibly taking on a second boat but i don't i'm i'm by no means sold on it well i think i think it's i think it's a uh it's a luxury in our business to have that kind of diversity put it that way it's like i said it i think i've been i'm not going to tell you that i'm the smartest man in the world but i know i recognize opportunity when it comes yeah and if you if you can at least do that, then I think, you know, I, I think you're a lot better off. You know, dude, the standards the standards of being you know fairly successful aren't that high. It's amazing how many people don't do them. But my dad summed it up real easy. Hmm. He always would say, "Geez, imagine what you can accomplish if you actually got up and went to work every day. <laughs> just get up and go to work every day. Just, just." Go. Just do it. Just do it. Like like the ad says. The um I I think the problem with a lot of guys is instead of always look instead of recognizing their opportunities, they're always looking for that BBD, that bigger, better deal. And I think there's a lot of guys in the business that hamstring themselves with that mentality. And then there's some guys that just know that they're really good at doing one thing, and they stick to it, and they're very successful doing it. So, so I have something else I want to talk to you about. Go ahead. Fishing seasons. Are you do, mm-hmm. you do you first of all do you believe believe in fishing seasons? And then, are there times a year that you call a fishing season? Because, like most people think that sailfish season is a winter thing. No, it's not. Well. It's damn yeah. sure not. You ever it's see how all many, year round, right? You ever see how many sailfish they're catching, like up by Jupiter and Stewart in the middle of the summer? They're all over the place, dude. We catch them here all the time. You want to know what one of the best months to fish for sailfish are? September. Yeah, during the mall in, run. In, 
during the mullet run, and the ballyhoos start sh- uh, the ballyhoos are get really really thick. But the but the idea that there's a selfish season. There's right? no selfish season. Right. There's a there's seasons for fishing for them, but not for catching them. That's different. Well, selfish season would go along with the come to Florida ads. Right. Because they run those so people come here during the selfish that's, season. That's geared towards uh, that's just, northerners. That's just tourism bullshit. But, yeah, but it's a vernacular. you gotta, you got to recognize it. Because if you're from up north, there are most definitely seasons. Oh, yeah. There are boating seasons. Right. Okay. There's football seasons. There's fishing seasons. Right. There's skiing seasons. There's all kinds of seasons. And if you're from up north... And you're thinking about a vacation, and your job is in South Florida to sell that vacation, you're going to use the vernacular that they understand, and that's seasons. Right. Which is, which is the point I was going to bring up. They're right. all fake. Yeah, they're absolutely contrived. Now, this, 100%. Now, if you were to think of tarpon season. Yeah. See, the Keys and Boca Grande ran with that because they get free marketing for that tarpon season. And people go to the Keys and sit on the flat with their fly rod or their, or their casting rod to watch one go by and then get one or whatever or stack up at one of the bridges because they can do that and any idiot can catch a tarpon that time. Of yeah. Year. Same with Boca Grande. Yeah. And then you have these guides that fish for four or five months for tarpon and then they disappear. They're experts. Oh, they go to Alaska. They just right. I knew some of those guys. Lots of them. Yeah. And they and they buy into tarpon season. Absolutely. Well, there's uh, certain times of the year that the that the fish are there in greater numbers than you would normally see them. But generally speaking, you can catch a tarpon three hundred and sixty five days a year in South Florida. Correct. Okay. You can catch a tarpon. If, you, if you're with the right guy. If you're with the right guy. Okay. <laughs> um, you should you should reasonably able to be able to find a tarpon. Uh, maybe you're not going to catch them every night, but you're gonna you're gonna find them. All right. So okay. let, me, let me ask you this question. I'm not so, going there. Come on. This. Right, I'm not so, going so there. No. I'm going to ask you a question. The the guy <laughs> that comes in for a lot from Alaska that fishes <laughs> three or four months in the Keys. Yeah. And then at dinner. Introduces himself as a tarpon guide. How, how do you feel about that? You know, in the Keys, there were there were there were skiff no, guides. Wait a minute, I'm I'm gonna. This is this is sort of don't uh, hold back. This is gonna be a little bit of a of a ham sandwich, <laughs> but in the Keys, there are trailer guides, and then there are guides who stake out. And they carve out their piece, and they pay dockage, and they do everything right. And then what they can't stand is the part-time guide who shows up. Maybe, just maybe, he's he's retiring, and he thinks oh, I'm gonna buy a boat and I'm gonna be a guide. And he chart he undercuts all the pros down there. Yeah. That's happening in a lot of places, especially in the Keys right now. Uh, all That's these, been going all on. these rich. Oh yeah, but these 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 rich assholes are uh, retiring in the keys. They buy a Pathfinder, they put the T top on it. They buy all their combos from Bass Pro Shops. They get all set up. They get their licenses, and then they come in and they drop the boat in the water, and there they are. 
at Worldwide Sportsman, and you've got about 30 guys that are in that marina that would like to take a shotgun right to that guy's head. Right. And okay, then- and it's the same way with seasonal fishing guides. I have no, I have very little respect for them. If you're going to be a keys guide, be a keys guide. Okay? Don't trailer your shit down there and call yourself a keys guide. You're not. You're a part-timer. You're a ham and egger. Keep your head down. See, to my point, to my point. Was that a good enough rant for you? It was a great rant. And that's what everybody's thinking that holds it in. They don't say that. You got you to gotta let it go. You do. Dude. And we all, we, people that are you know, doing a lot of fishing and they're real tarpon guides and stuff, you feel like that. Or at least most of us do. Not everybody. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like really softy, nice guys like Timmy. Mr. Optimistic about everything. You can't get him to say one bad thing about anything. But, but, when, but when he sees those guides like that, it pisses him off. Yeah, and it should because you know what? That's a guy. You know, I, 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 this guy that owns these big yachts that I run in Miami, he is priceless. The guy is totally uptight all the time. He's just on edge. I don't know, understand how he's lived as long as he has. He's a great guy. I love working for him. But if you tell him the competition has a trip, he will lose his ever-loving mind. Where are they? How many people are on the boat? Can you count them? I mean, it's just like, whoa. A little, little passion there. You know? Oh, big time. Okay? But that's probably the same thing that's made him a success. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, getting up and going to work every day and actually having a little bit of passion for what you do. Imagine that. Dude, success. let me tell you something. I, I, I consider myself... I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, here's another ham sandwich for you. When I was 23 or maybe 24 years old, trying to kind of find my way and find out what I was passionate about, and I knew I was passionate about fishing and running boats, and I was very good at it back then, but I didn't think that that was the way I was going to make my money, okay? I wanted to make a zillion dollars and, you know, light the world on fire, like a lot of young guys do, okay? And my mother came to me one day, and she said, you know, you should really seriously think about following your passion because if you do that the money will come and I thought that was a really fatalistic uh, concept especially coming from a woman who was married to her high school sweetheart my father who was just he made opportunity happen okay he didn't I don't know that he followed his passion in his life but he sure as hell made opportunity happen and he did very well and was very, uh, very successful. But when she came to me with that, I thought, boy, that's that, I had to get my arms around that. And you know something? I spent most of my career not understanding that concept until I sold the bar. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to take people fishing. I'm going to go back to doing what I like to do. But this time, I'm going to get a boat. I'm going to do it right. And it wasn't a retirement plan. It was just... You know what? I'm going to just start living life the way I want to live it. And I feel very fortunate uh, to be doing what I do every single day. And, you know, I, I work a tremendous amount. I mean, I had over 300 plus trips uh, last year. And, you know, I feel like I hadn't worked a single day in my life. All, you know, that last year. Congratulations. Okay. And that's and I think that's what most people miss. And whether or not it's fishing or it's, you know, if you're a florist or, or if you're a carpenter, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Okay. If you're a banker, be a good banker. Okay. But like what you're doing. Because if you don't like what you're doing, 
you know, you're 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 just existing. You're, you're just existing. Just and that's, existing. That's just that's exactly it. I mean, look at you. You could not do what you do if you didn't love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there was a time where you had I made the commitment to say, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do." Yeah. And, you know, there's I'm glad I did it. Don't get me wrong. It's not the easiest. I didn't say it was easy. Right. But you have to love doing it. But you're glad you did it. Yeah. It's just I mean, one of those things. I, I you know, I, I I give you a lot of props. I mean, you gotta go out there, you gotta get a dozen every day and you gotta go find the fish and it's just the same routine day in and day out for, you know, hundreds of days a year. Oops. Sometimes you know, straight through on end, and I get that. Twenty years. You know? Have you been guiding for twenty years? Twenty years full time. That's saying something in Fort Lauderdale. That's saying something for any Has anybody? Anywhere. Do you know of anybody that's been a tarpon guide for 20 years in Fort Lauderdale? No. I know tarpon guides that were here 20 years ago, but well, they, they, were, they don't they I don't, think Croco they, they might have stay. been the only one right. that they, I know of. I don't, they didn't stay. Did, was he 20 years? Did he fish here 20 years? Yeah. No I, way. Well, he fished here his whole life, but I mean, was he a guide for 20 years? I don't in Fort Lauderdale? No, I think he was a guide here for about 10 years and then went to Isla Mirada and decided he was going to go down there. You know, there was there were some dudes. The only guy I know um, were some of the Miami guys that, you know, lasted that long. Dave Coistio, of course, Bouncer. Yeah, yeah, Bouncer, of course. You know. Um, but anyway, Carl, 20... Carl Ball's been at it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I, think he's, uh, I think he's close to 20 years yeah. full-time. But anyway, 20 years full-time, been able to friggin', you know, Keep keep doing it, get better at it every single year. But the um, as you develop your clientele list, mm-hmm. and when you have a twenty year clientele list, that's really where you want to be. Oh sure, in absolutely the, in, in the guide business. Absolutely, it's you know you you are not you're no longer an ambulance chaser. Let's well, just okay. Yeah, it's, you know you're you got your own clientele and and you got the Jim Hayes of the world. And, well, you wonder, you, you know. wonder. Okay, am I going to be able to send my kid to college? Sure. You know, you wonder, am I going to be able to you know retire like you, you want to retire and that kind of thing? Do you think you're ever going to retire? Uh, probably not. I'll probably work to the day I die. But I think they're going to find me slumped over the wheel on some boat. Dude, that whole retirement thing. I think it's going to be like next week too. But think about it. That whole that, that whole retirement thing. <laughs> That only pertains for like a third of the of the workforce out there. Most people are like my old man, they just work until they physically can't do it anymore. Yeah. Most of them die at that point, and then it's then over. That's it. And I, you know something though? Here's a here's a I re, I'm I'm reminded of a uh, a story that Captain Alan Starr told me many years ago. This was probably back in the '80s or maybe early '90s. I was fishing with him one day, and we're up in the tower. And uh, we're running around chasing dolphin out of Isla Morada. And we're <coughs> breaking some kind of laws. I know that because we're, we're just about at KSL Bank. So we hadn't cleared customs or anything else like that. And he's like, you just keep an eye out for the Coast Guard and the Bahamian Defense Force. I'm like, oh, Jesus, where are we fishing? Mm-hmm. So at any rate, he looks around and, he, and it's just a beautiful day. And, you know, we're catching a lot of fish. And he says, you know, he says, there are people who retire from this and they're dead within a year. Right. And he even told me of a guy that he knew. His name was Johnny Harms. Have you ever heard of Johnny Harms? No. Johnny Harms was one of the pioneers of big game sport fishing. Okay. Uh, he was one of the original 
if I remember correctly, I think he designed the first Finors, or he was involved in the first Finors. Gotcha. Um, and in in Miami, the big Finors, they they couldn't catch a big uh, they couldn't catch big blue fin tunas over in uh, Cat K until he designed this reel so that they could get on the fish fast enough and they could pull hard. So um, Johnny Harms was you know one of the greatest big game sport fishing captains, uh, pioneering captains uh, in in history. And I guess he retired and he moved to Montana and he was dead like within six months. Boom, that was it. You know, yeah. the things that keep us going are the <laughs> things that we love. And then when we stop loving that and we stop doing it, it takes something out of you. Well, it goes from lifestyle to life, and then the life's gone. Right. And, 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 and not just with fishing, with a lot, of, a lot of guys in work. Yeah. They need it. Yeah, you got to. They, they yeah. need it to get up every day. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. No doubt. I'm not so sure if I need. To go to work every day, I don't. But I need to fish, and, and it's it's amazing to me how many days that I'm not working that I end up going fishing. Yeah, because it only takes me like one or two days to feel healthy enough and fresh enough, and then all of a, if I'm not out there, I'm like, I, I'll go. All how by many myself. times? How many times have I called you? I got a day off. What do you want to do? Let's go try to catch a marlin. Let's go try to catch a blue marlin. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. High, that dude. That's high, high quality issues. High quality. Those are, but those, you know, something. If you're out there and you're uh, you're listening to this podcast, and you're one of these guys or girls that is caught up in a daily grind and a job that you may or may not like, and a boss that hates that that you hate his ass, and you're thinking to yourself, listen to these two assholes. They love what they do, and they live in a great place. Uh, and for better or worse, uh, and they're talking about fishing for a living and working on boats for a living, and these guys are talking about the grind of doing that when here I am up in Wisconsin, and I'm snowed in, and I got to go to work. I'm an accountant, and I hate my boss, and I hate the customers. Think about taking stock is what it's about. Well, they probably listen to the podcast and dream about being a different place. Maybe it makes their day better, Norm. You know something? When It's so funny that you just said that. When I was in the black hole, which was my second marriage, okay, <laughs> I actually used to get online. I was living, I was living in a horrible town, uh, and I was, I was in a very bad marriage. And you know what I used to do? I used to get online... And this is when webcams first came out. And I used to get on these webcams and I would watch the live feeds from the bars in Key West. I would watch them from Elbow Room. Yeah. When I was up in, I was up in New yeah. England. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. See that? The hog's breath. So just when you thought you were being a pompous ass. Oh, pompous ass anyway. <laughs> you found out that you're actually making people's day and you're giving back to your community. Well, I don't know about all that. I just like coming on here and shooting <laughs> the shit with you. <laughs> anyway, that's uh that's ranting Norm back off, everybody's favorite. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming in today, Norm. It was great to sit down with an hour and talk to you. Absolutely. And you know something, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're having a moral day weekend, just one thought real quick. Before we go, 
This is Memorial Day weekend. Don't wish somebody a happy Memorial Day. Okay? Think about the people that uh, gave everything that they had so that we could enjoy the barbecues. Okay? And, 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 uh, but don't go out and wish somebody a happy Memorial Day weekend. Okay? Just be thankful that there are people who paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have what we have and be as lucky as we are. Guess I'm uploading this one today. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I guess. Thanks, Norm. I just, I just date stamp that. Thanks, Norm. Anyway, thanks for being on the Real Guy podcast and uh, run, run that, that dog. dog.